0: Welcome, everybody. Man, I am so excited. I'm live with my friend Dan Williams, fellow Killer Instinct 3 participant with Niji Sobo. We had a blast. We went through a rough ride together. We had tons of fun, uh, tons of, how do you call that, new experiences, new learnings, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um, Man, I, um, we actually tried to do this live interview, it's actually a funny story, like right when I just started become a fearless father, which is three months, four months ago, right in the summer. We're just trying to, both of us push it and then both like, yeah, this is not working. So now we're actually at number 15 and here we are. So Dan, thanks so much, man. I'm really happy that I get the opportunity for an hour to pick your brain and share all the information because for me, you are a huge example as a just fearless person of training and the way you are just being with your sons is just fantastic. We're going to talk all Thanks. about that. So first of all, Dan, just, um, you know, tell us who you are, where you're from, what you've been up to, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Cool. Cheers, class. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, so I'm Dan. I'm um 38. I've got two boys. One is six and the other is 18 months. Um, I broke up with my wife in about February, I think, or maybe in January actually. So that's gone by in a heartbeat. Uh, we still have our ups and downs. So uh, I was pretty much the instigator in that for my actions. Nothing I'm proud of at all. But um, I had to make a decision what was right for us and what was right for the family. Um, so uh, since then, we've just been co parenting and we've really balanced out really well. We homeschool, which is cool. So, I've put on it my wife doing that while I work, I work full time. I'm a uh, sales director at a manufacturer, so it's quite a lot of responsibility. That's Monday to Friday. And then most evenings, I get home fat every evening unless I'm working away one of the evenings. I'm actually back home by six in the evening uh, with the boys. Tend to be with them until about 8.30, 8 o'clock, and then come home. And then I'll be doing the training, uh, cracking on with that, then doing my own work, my own little part of the business that I'm trying to create, and then repeat. And I'm up at 5 o'clock every morning. So my wife does all that. And then at the weekends, I'm literally, I pick up, well, the eldest stays with me on a Friday, pick up my youngest son in the morning on a Saturday, spend the day together, drop the youngest back he's still breastfeeding. We drop him back at about 7, 7.30, I'm a bear in the evening, then we pick up rain back in the morning, and we have all day Sunday. And then at about 4 o'clock on the the Sunday, the boys go back and then I crack on and do my stuff. Hence all this time in our works. (laughs) trying to fit it in anywhere else.
0: Yeah, exactly. I really appreciate that because I know how, what an incredibly busy schedule you have with both working, the kids, and also trying to set up your business. So I really appreciate that. We're gonna dive right in, and as you know, man, I got huge respect for the way you handle things and and the way you just just building everything, man. You are for me like one of the reasons why I'm doing this, but you're also again uh, one of the examples of what I vision for a fearless father to walk the path and then really get there. So props, man. I really enjoy this, and I hope you know we're gonna learn something. So it's awesome. Hey, listen, man. So first of all, two sons, rain and bear. Um, I've watched a lot of videos, I really enjoyed it. I've even watched that video, and I think it's such an important thing, man, your little boy already on YouTube, just doing his thing, man, I mean, for us, it's like, what's he talking about? For, for kids, I'm assuming, that's awesome, and the way he presents himself is just amazing. Let's go into that a little bit further later on. Um, so I got two boys, they're also a little bit you know, apart, just like yours, um, so I'm just wondering, first of all, it's it's not easy. You just mentioned one's still getting breastfed, the other one's already doing his thing and everything. How do you go about raising both of these two kids at the same time while they they're they are apart, they diff they have that different age group, they have that different development. How do you set that up? How do you organize that?
1: Well it's it's my wife that has to do more of the organizing to be quite honest because she has them all day on the Monday, Monday to Friday, and I think the sheer fact that we're working together still and we're really co-parenting, that's what they wanted to actually call it. We, were, um, we don't want to call it separated or anything like that. We really are working as a team with regards to parenting. Um, the fort- so the fortunate thing with that is um, during the day, my wife doesn't have to split her time up between taking the boy to school, taking him not to school, etc. cetera. So um, we really just want to give them as many opportunities as possible. So for instance, um, Bear does, the- he does football, parkour, Karate, boxing, uh, gymnastics, drama, forest school, incredible farm. He does all this stuff, and he's been doing that at a really young age. Rain's lucky enough. He's coming along with that now. And Rain, I thought Bear was a determined boy, but um, like Rain, is, uh, his determination is second to none. That's absolutely breathtaking. So really, in regards to planning the day, I plan every other part of my day around what my boys do. So it's all very much about, um, and it's the same with the home homeschooling. We wanted it to be very, very much child led. So it's intuitive. So everything they want to do is down to them. So for me, everything else I do around, um, a weekend is geared around being present for eight, nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, right to the evening until bears in bed and asleep. And then I can do my stuff around that. So all my training, et cetera, is second. Um, and then we really led, so we do a lot of swimming, we do a lot of reading together, we're doing that as a team. So it's um. it probably sounds a little bit more daunting than it is, but we're really just going with the flow. So yesterday we were out in the woods pretty much all afternoon. Um, and we're just learning through play. Everything's intuitive, so um, we don't follow a curriculum as such, I know a lot of people ask me that question, but um, they're learning through play massively, so. Um, they both want to read. <laughs> Rain's trying to read. Or hold a book upside down. He thinks he's reading. He'll come out with some words. But, uh, we're just going with their passion. The YouTube thing's interesting. I want to learn from him. He's much more of a natural in front of the camera than me. But that's because Michelle does exactly the same. So, yeah, they're both a bit of an inspiration to be quite honest. Rain's doing the same. He can look at cameras now and he's loving it. So,
0: it's good to see you doing your thing. Nice, man. That's awesome um well in regards to the youtube thing and i told you last time i had an amazing live interview with sean Cannell from um think media he just came out with his book uh, youtube secrets and um, you don't know this guy julian hayes is with me on the high performance club with niji sobo and he listened to it and he was actually raving about it. he said it was a fantastic interview the guys dropped so many bombs he actually bought the book as well so I, man, you like to do stuff with your kids. I, I just suggest watch that with your kids. They, especially with Barry, he's gonna learn tons, and he's gonna apply it. Um, the the strategy that he follows is the Seven Cs, and it will help Barry. It will help you. So, um, but that aside, man, you're talking about determination and and um, you know them being intuitive. I'm just wondering in regards to the determination, because I'm assuming as well when when because. Most parents probably look at you weird, like, what What are you doing? Because it's so different than what most people just generally do. You know, you wake up, you bring your kids to school, you pick them up, and you're happy that you left them there for as long as possible, right? You, however, just saying that you focus on them completely the whole time and let them also just decide on what they want to do. However, I'm wondering, and maybe other parents as well, isn't that then uh, – isn't there a possibility that they're just going to say, look, I just want to lay on the couch and, and I'm fine doing nothing. How does that work? And how is it possible that bear, like how did you guys come so far that bear just wants to do all that stuff? Like I saw him with you on the Ironman. I think you said that he ran like a kilometer with all the other kids, even giving high fives to other, it's like, it's just amazing. How, how, how did that come about? How, how do you, how did you do that? <laughs> I think,
1: this is where i get amazing like as human natures we're just um we're learning creatures we literally everyone just wants to learn new things and they want to develop all the time so um i'm i mean am absolutely blessed in the fact that i've got two boys that are definitely like following my footsteps and they're really active and doing stuff but um, i don't know any kids that would genuinely want to lie around and do nothing all day the reason why some children will probably look like they want to lie down and do nothing all day is because they've been at school nine to four, nine to three. They're learning stuff. They're getting talks out. Although uh, there's a load of different things that I have about school. Um, probably won't go into that right now. But There's a, reason, a lot of reasons why we're home, but, um So they've got that going on all day. They get home and they want to just probably chill out, zone out, and do something they're passionate about. And in some instances, they're playing the Xbox and doing Minecraft is being on the iPad. Um, you see the videos of Bear um, out with me and rain and me down the park swimming or climbing, running. I mean, I'm really passionate about what I do in my free time. And uh, that's why I'm willing to put all the hours in around it to achieve something quite special. But my kids see that. I've got my treadmill in here. I've got my bike in my lounge. They see me on it. They want to get on the treadmill. They want to do that all the time. So it's really, they just want to learn, dude. So they, the big thing is once they're passionate about something, then you can just run with that and they can learn through that. So Bear, for me, quite a young age, he's been really into Minecraft. So much so that we've sure we've gone through our ups and downs thinking, um, has he spent too much time on the iPad? Does he spend too much time on his Xbox? But he's come around the house this weekend. He's asked not to bring the Xbox. He doesn't want that. He's had the iPad if he needs it. But we've been doing Lego, we've been swimming, we've been down the woods, like I say. He's not interested in doing that right now. But the stuff he's learned, for me, I had to really get myself comfortable with uh, Minecraft. But since he's been playing Minecraft, his math, his, 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 it blows my mind. He's doing multiplication, he's doing subtraction. he's learning symmetry, he's like engineering. He can build things that completely blow my mind. He wanted to learn to read so he can see what the pop-ups on the screen say. He wants to write his own signs. He does all that. Then he watches his mum writing in the journals all the time and writing things down. I have whiteboards up all around the house. He just wants to write and he just wants to mimic what we're doing. But equally, we—if he has got any passion, we're wrong with it. And so, I think if you can get yourself comfortable with that, well, I have a bit, had a big debate um, over dinner the other evening with um, a customer with one of our bosses. Uh, Apparently, they put a lot of value on education, so they can't believe what I'm doing. Because, of course, I'm not educating my my kids. It's just crazy. It's just uh, education for me doesn't have to be uh, nine to five and confined to a certain space. It can be open. I mean, mean, school works for so many people. It's amazing. But Michelle and I wanted to do something in a different way. Um, And so far, it's working a treat. I mean, that, that being said, if Bear wanted to be a solicitor or a doctor, and he tells us that one day, there's only one route to becoming a solicitor or a doctor or a lawyer. You've got to go down the formal education route and get all those qualifications and learn. But now, you've got, you've got knowledge at your fingertips. You can learn anything. So the fact that he can now navigate his around face like self around YouTube, and if he's interested in ancient Egypt, which he goes through stages, uh, he's now going back into football again. He likes uh, mythology. He just likes learning. So we just roll with it. I mean, you can do maths, English, write, reading, writing, arithmetic. You can do all that with anything that they love doing. So, um, providing you've got that in, about yourself and you want to do it that way, for me, it's pretty, pretty simple and straightforward.
0: Exactly, that's great. You mentioned a big thing, and I, I have the feeling a little bit that you slip through it a little bit. Um, sometimes feel you're 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 a very humble man. But you mentioned something very important. It's like you lead by example, and so does your your ex wife. It's like. You're that sports person, outgoing, you do stuff, you show what it's like. And what you said is very important for, for people to realize, your kids mimic, which also means that if your kids feel like good, they want to lay on the couch and you're like, they, they never want to do anything, and then you're actually saying that to yourself while you're laying on the couch, not doing anything, what do you expect? <laughs> I got to say this story also. Uh, it's been burning on my mind. I actually want to do a podcast on it, but you're here now. Just, have to quickly,
1: just really
0: quickly. It like, was... Nothing wrong with laying on the couch. We all do it. Oh, of course. There's <laughs> time for everything, right? Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. But listen, people, I think sometimes fathers forget, or, you know, we are the biggest example to them. And I actually heard a story here in Madrid that uh, uh, a father hit a, hit a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was that his girl, his baby daughter, just got um, punished. Guess why she got punished? For hitting other kids. So she hit another kid, got punished, came outside, hit another kid, got punished again, had a note, had to give it to her father, gave the father the note. The father saw the note, and then decided to hit the teacher for punishing his daughter. And then we're wondering why our kids do what they do. It's like, wow so yeah leave the learning creatures yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah, which is it gives you a lot of responsibility and people seem to forget that and that's sometimes it can go really really bad in your case absolutely it's going fantastic i've been loving to join the ride with you for what you share on facebook hey listen i'm wondering if you also have this problem because one of the biggest things and it's still very good i saw you guys ready with jackets on and stuff like that we're still walking here look t-shirts shorts it's hot as hell here still in Spain and we still enjoy so much going to the park and you know, this is great. However, the problem is that other parents do not have the same high standards as I do, especially when it comes to health and giving the kids candy and all that kind of stuff. And it keeps just freaking blowing my mind. But the thing is that the kids see that and they want that because it's sugar and it's nice and they love it and blah, blah, blah. So I'm just wondering, you know, what's your philosophy in regards to health and energy and how do you go about teaching you know this to your kids how, how do you make this a reality so your sons live a healthy and energetic life we've
1: got quite a controversial approach to this as well so um i mean in regards to our outlook and um, understanding with the kids we're really lucky so um, i'm um if we were out of the team me and michelle the um I'm very much um, the active one. I'm sporty. I love everything to do with just being active. So my kids get to see that. But equally so, I'm probably, um, I'm definitely not the normal level of active. uh, I don't lay down on the sofa very well, to be quite honest. Whereas my wife, she's a lot more um, spiritual. So they get to see that side from her, and uh, she looks at the spiritual health and your connection. Um, So through Michelle and Bear, they teach me a lot. Um, the stuff that Bear um, brings to me is um, is phenomenal. Michelle's um, she's the one that got me into reading, um, not as soon as I should have done, but uh, she's very much down that route, um, writing and just she's just um, she's a lot more in tune with herself than I am. To be honest, I can I can bury my head in the sand and just crack on and go for a run. But with regards to uh, health, so I think that part of the health, the whole holistic, if you look at it that that, that way, um, Bear and Rain they're they're so balanced they know how to relax and chill out um, and they can be full on and they're active but it, it's really good balance with regards to to the food side um i eat very very health, uh, very clean very healthy uh, a lot to do with the sport that i've chosen to do and what i'm pursuing there but uh, i <laughs> a lot of it's also laziness uh, my wife likes cooking meals and will often say uh my ex-wife is uh, into cooking meals and things like that So I'm sure. Um, whereas I'd rather eat raw food um, cook up some fish or some chicken and eat that but it's really healthy but um, that's more through just laziness rather than anything else but um, so the boys both love fruit um, I genuinely believe you can't have enough fruit um, the sugars are completely different so we can go down that route equally said um, so they eat all that they eat the meat they eat the fish they eat all, all the fruit Um, um, Rain, not so much, but Bear loves his sweets, loves his chocolate. Um, This is the controversial bit, so we don't limit his chocolate intake. We don't limit, he doesn't have fizzy drinks, he doesn't like fizzy drinks, I don't like fizzy drinks, Michelle doesn't like fizzy drinks. That never features, it's not fruit juice, it's always water. Um, On the odd occasion, maybe squash, we've got that bit. That looks after itself, but regardless of the sweets and the chocolate, if he'd like some chocolate, we get chocolate. We don't want to make it a taboo. We've been to so many parties, and myself when I was growing up, my parents firmly restricted me. So, as soon as I had my dinner money, all I'd ever buy it on the way to school would be donuts, chocolate, crisps, junk food. And I was not alone, it was every single child on that, on that bus on the way to school. So, people just don't limit and they gorge on it. And then when they get home, we equally we don't have the, you're not getting down from the table unless you finish your food. I eat non stop throughout the day and snack and eat throughout the um, I'm a massive grazer um, Michelle's a bit more probably from time to be quite honest uh, trying to fit that in around being with the boys literally all day um, so she's set to some meal times and she'll eat and she'll get her fuel but the boys will have bananas, they'll have melon, they'll have fruit, they love peanut butter they love all that sort of stuff and they're just eating it nonstop. on the odd occasion Bear wants chocolate pie he has his chocolate pie, he wants some sweets he his sweets, mm-hmm. have his sweets. But he can go time without having it and if you go to a party he doesn't get presented with a bowl of ice cream or a muffin and feel the need to devour it like he's not going to get it ever again he'll just pick at it have a couple of bits and then know. if he has a chocolate bar unless rains after it then he'll eat it all yeah. <laughs> just got rain having it but um if he if he's in his own mind and his own world and he's he can eat his chocolate at his leisure he doesn't always eat all the chocolate <laughs> but um we really we don't limit any of that it's we just want them to be in tune with what they're doing bears lean he, he's at it all the time he's getting his energy equally he has to get his energy from somewhere he doesn't eat a lot so maybe he does need the sugar so um that's our approach to it it's a controversial one it's working and they're both healthy and they're both thriving so touch wood <laughs>
0: it'll all be good in the end exactly exactly but yeah that that's that's great advice you know you're trying to find that balance and especially not take something away so when he does get it presented they go all oh, crazy and stuff well i
1: i, I am blessed like well, they, similar to the learning they wanted to do that they know what they need at times when mm-hmm. the boat truck is it, and it's so it's so apparent when your boys are going through growth spurts they can leading up to that growth spurt they they'll frustrate you because you give them the same portion size every single time if you go down this route. Same portion size at mealtime. They might, they might pick at it and have nothing and their parents are getting frustrated. And then if they're taught to literally eat everything on their plate, which I'm sure stems from war times and we don't really know when, when we're going to have food to eat again. Eat everything, eat everything on your plate. Um, then they're not even listening to the body. The amount of kids are full up, and am full up, and am full up. And we're trying to tell them, oh, no, you're not, <laughs> you're not. So who knows their body better than they know their body? So um, when they go for the growth spurts, that portion won't even be enough. (laughs) They'll need two portions. They'll be eating and they'll be eating and I'll be in the kitchen, making it in the kitchen in the kitchen. And some days I'll make something and it doesn't get to But that's just parenting, isn't it? So it definitely doesn't frustrate me. And I don't, I genuinely don't mind. Just having options in the house. I think we have almost every fruit that you can buy in the UK crops up somewhere in the house
0: nice nice yeah that's great advice um the great thing is that my my oldest one now when somebody presents something like a snack at least he comes and asks me if he can and and i became more relaxed because well, oh, you, you knew that harry Hagner, H- larry Hagner came on the show yeah that's edge and he actually mentioned to me dude you, you can't fight every single battle and then you have to just think is that the most important battle that you have to fight i was like no nah, not really i was just wondering you know how other people People do it, so I can learn from that. So I, I became more relaxed and just like you know. Actually, the other day I brought twelve of the or of those you know big um, eggs, chocolate eggs with a surprise in it, and just had them given away. Um, the biggest problem at the moment eating unhealthy is when we are at his, uh, his his grandma's house, which we are at the moment. As you can see, I'm not home. <laughs> I oh, okay, I didn't turn with leeches all of a sudden. <laughs> I um, think it looked familiar. I wasn't sure where you're at though. Yeah, no, I'm at my uh, my mother-in-law's house. She uh, she fell yesterday. She broke her wrist. Oh no! And we had to go here real quick. And then it's a good thing I got an online project going on, online business, and uh, you know we can as long as there's internet, I can go wherever I want. Amazing. So we to support her, uh, which is good. And the kids no, That's quite a hard thing. I
1: think when we used to go to uh, Michelle's parents quite a lot, we they'd um, have drawers full of. Um, confectionery more so than a sweet shop I think at times but um and I they, they their grandparents they like treating your kids here's the thing we don't want sweets to be a treat <laughs> otherwise they're gonna you're gonna make it really desirable that's the point a holiday to be a treat I like, really want to go on holiday If you start defining sweets as being treats then you go I want to hear parents talking about McDonald's being a treat I'm just like oh that's a treat when you put something terribly unhealthy inside your child so i'd rather start calling an apple a treat and making that a bit more desirable but no we don't have it the big thing for me is um if you've got stuff in the house if i bought a pack of six chocolate bars and they're in the house and bears in the mood for a chocolate bar and he then finds out i've got another five chocolate bars if he wanted to eat all five chocolate bars and go for it i genuinely because they're in the house i wouldn't say no it's his house as much as it is my house and I'm the responsible one, I should be buying them. <laughs> or at least put them somewhere where he doesn't know there's another five. So I'm trying to take ownership of that myself.
0: Exactly. Well that's actually a powerful message. I've never th- thought about that. Um, yeah, just I felt a light going off in my head. Don't make sweets to be a treat. That's freaking it's so simple, <laughs> it's ingenious actually. And and it, that's exactly what we are doing.
1: Like, well, it works it, it works when you're training a dog, doesn't
0: it? so I mean our youngest one is uh, he, he's being body trained and uh, especially um, when he has to make shit that's the biggest problem he He used to have the <laughs> the wonderful timing of wanting to do that next to me either right before or during my live interview, so I actually posted a video on <laughs> that that he stands there and I just, I even heard it fell on the floor. He's plop, man. <laughs> 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 kaka, kaka. Oh, he's like, God. But we give him now, well, I stopped it, but we were giving him like little, sh- you know, M&Ms, for example, if he then finally went on the toilet. So that you're actually in, um, reinforcing the fact that candy is a treat. So, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, yeah, you are, definitely. Man, now I'm like, God, I'm such an idiot. ninety
1: nine percent of the population do it, don't they? It's just that's like just conditioned. Like everyone just thinks it's it's a treat, but yep. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know. I would much rather say we'll go to the cinema if we do something cool, and that'll be the treat. I mean, even then, though, no, I'm going to drown them with popcorn and with with M M&M, and M. So
0: hmm. I mean, it's all
1: around you, isn't it? You just want them to be able to self regulate. I mean,
0: Exactly. Man, great. Thanks a lot. And that's why I'm all off. I love doing these live interviews because every every single one. There's like I learned tons, but there's every single time there's this one big golden nugget that I take out of it and that I can imply directly. And this is one of them. So thanks. And we're still not done. We still got at least half an hour for people that are joining us. If you're joining us on, on Facebook, wonderful. Make sure you like it and share it. Uh we still got half an hour to go with um, tons of questions. And if you have a question, then yeah, the only thing I can say is join us inside this group because I cannot see what's going on on Facebook. All right, so I was talking to you a little bit about my youngest one, and you also mentioned it. Your boys, I've seen them, they jump, they commanded to do insane things. I'm loving it. I also try to let my boys go. However, again, there's there's an age difference, you know, things that Bear can do, Rain can't do yet. However, he wants to do it as well because his big brother is doing it. How do you cope with this, especially for yourself? You know, because we're so like, oh, that's so scary. Um, you know, you're trying to um, save them from possible hurt that might not even happen. I'm just wondering how you deal with that, and and yeah, what's your message to other peoples? Because what I've seen so far in the park is that, man, I see some parents just running after the kids, just telling. Them. <laughs> don't climb on that don't do that don't do this and you just get anxious already you just listen to them and i can't even imagine how to kick cats so what's your what's your outtake on that
1: <laughs> it's, it, it, it's been out there phrases like don't press the red button like everyone wants to press the red button so don't climb on that climbing frame they're going to want to climb on that climbing frame it's a power struggle but equally it's um just a trust thing i mean my wife isn't um he, so Michelle, <laughs> my wife, is such a habit. Um, we are still married, so technically Michelle is still my wife. I've no big dramas about it at all. But um, I've let from from, from ever since all I can remember. Bear used to climb up um, the back of our staircase and then he'd stand there and then jump when he knows I'm there. He'd jump at that point. He wouldn't jump or not. So ever since that day, I've let him climb or whatever he wants to climb on. Uh, Uh, down the park I mean you're in quite a safe place but yeah you're right I hear parents all the time don't climb on that you're too small And they could be five and then I've got Rain who at 12 months was climbing up the climbing frames Uh, at 14 months he's been holding onto the bars and swinging again parents are just around him as soon as you if I was to put hands on him he'd then not get used to what he's doing himself so for me it's just trusting again I think if um, I let him walk quite close to an edge if are on a path and it's a slippy bank on the side, um, I don't run after him. Keep away from the edge, keep away from the edge because then he's going to be fearful about the edge. Bear hasn't got a fear of heights. Rain really hasn't got a fear of heights. Um, they both like climbing, they like doing stuff. Yeah, definitely. Rain likes to copy Bear. He'll get frustrated if he can't climb like right there but here's the thing if he can't climb up like there i'm not going to say pick him up and put it to the top mm. i may encourage him up and help him out but there's a reason why he can't climb to that height in my mind so he can climb on a smaller rock and then if he wants to jump off a smaller rock he can jump off mankind wouldn't have walked close to a cliff and then just kept walking and walking unless someone told him to stop it's just not going to happen we're not lemmings we're not going to walk off edges Equally, he could run into a road because we're just teaching him what a road is. But if he looks down and there's a sheer drop, he's not going to just walk off the edge. Um, uh, Similarly, a swimming pool. um, We've never had armbands. We don't do armbands at the swimming pool. We just want them to learn to swim and not be... Similarly, if you're down the park and you're just always reliant on your mum doing stuff and your dad doing stuff, it's going to be a problem. Just seeing kids bob around in in a swimming pool... I don't see how that's really helping them. I mean, I'm sure our armbands have the place. This is purely just my my take on it. So they're getting their body position. Bear can swim. Um, he's always told not to go too far, and then he has to demonstrate that he can swim to the deep end. And he jumps in the deep end, and he touches the bottom. Rain does want to do that. <laughs> so you have to limit how far you let them go. Rain's not allowed because he can't swim, so he can jump in. Then he gets crossed to me for catching him. So then he tells me he wants to jump in and go under. So he's now jumping in the water and going under. However, he does just sink. (laughs) So we're encouraging him to kick his legs up and keep doing stuff like that now. So again, with it's just with regards to um, food choices, time on technology, all this stuff—it's just coming down to trust again. And literally, um, it it may is probably sounding like I'm being a little bit irresponsible but um they've never had a broken bone they've never injured themselves they never get ill um they know what they're doing down the park it's great they're just i would not want to instill fear we could get enough fear just in social environments at the best of times the last thing i'm going to start doing is don't go on there you're going to fall and break your neck like some parents do it's like oh well if they fall and break your neck then you just put that in their head probably they're right. That's going Don't go on that. You're going to hurt yourself. Don't go on there. You're going to fall and hit your head. It's um, just faith and trust. I just there's enough fears out there, isn't there? You don't want to instil fears in other people. So for me, it's if 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 they start getting fearful of something on their own, I'll talk to them about it. There's been times when Bear's been on this big climbing frame because he thought he could just get to the top, and he will just hug it, and he's frozen, and then at that point he says he's scared all I do at that point is let him have his minute and then if he wants me to come and get him I'll go and get him but I guarantee about 10 minutes later he'll be on it again trying to go a little bit further than he did last time but he's got so he's trust for me but he's got trust in if he jumps from somewhere and says he's gonna jump he knows I'm gonna catch him <laughs> if rain can't communicate quite as effectively as best so you have to really tune into it and sometimes he can go ready steady and then suddenly you've got to look for the go because he's about to jump from somewhere. But you're never going to be far. From him. So that's what it is. just, I mean, from from what we were learning before, fears are crippling. So the last thing I want to do is actually start planting into their subconscious a load of fears that's a bit unnecessary.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a very powerful message. Um, I must say that that's one thing I did unconsciously as well, right from the beginning. It's like, look, man, you can't climb up the thing. You can't go down the thing. It's that simple. Because they they all love going down the slides. And I told them, look, you can't go up and you can't go down. Because I'm not picking you up and putting you on that. And Why can't go up the slide? If you can't climb up it, if you not strong enough to climb up it, then you can't go down. It's simple. Oh, okay. like that. yeah. That's the rule I always made. You climb up, then you can go down. If you can't go down because you're scared, then you know we'll see what happens next. But. Yeah, I had them look at me like, yeah, pick me up and put me up there. I'm like, eh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no way. Like because he sees all the other parents, he's picking them up and putting them up there. It's like, yeah, what are you teaching them then? They like you're gonna pick them up every single time? That's not really happening. Um so yeah, I appreciate that. Um I like the trust part really. That that's great knowledge to 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 share and, and make sure that people keep that in mind. You mentioned one thing, you know, you trust them and that's that's freaking fantastic. we all should do that. But how about when the situations, and I had the situation right before the the summer started, where uh, my oldest one had like a school party, end of the year school party, and had all these beautiful uh, different, like what do you call them, air castles? Yep, bouncy castles. Bouncy castles, that's it. And they're all different kinds. However, there was also a lot older kids, and they were kind of dominating the, the, the bouncy castle. But of course, you know, um our kid wants to be on there as well um, and and he, he got hurt and nobody was paying attention a lot especially the people that were supposed to pay attention weren't doing a very good job so how do you deal with that as a parent like where does the protective part come in or do you just still let him find his own limits and you know because because as a parent or at least if i if i search my own feelings and i didn't respond at that time when it happened but you still feel that urge of you want to say something to the other bigger kid. You want to jump in there and rescue your own. You know what's what's your experience in there? Or what what? How do you handle these kind of situations?
1: I suppose it's different with Bear and with Rain. So if if Rain's on I'm using that example, mm-hmm. uh, if Rain's jumping up and down on the fancy castle and some other children go on there and they're jumping around and it's just that they're bigger and they're jumping and they're having Heaps of fun. And rain just ends up getting flashed around. If, um, if I can go and sit on it myself and just play around with him, that's fine. What I tend to do in that situation is they've always got that, that that small little foot part leading up to it. So I can hold his hands and bounce around. So the fact that the bigger kids are there jumping around, jumping around, and they're not looking out for the fact that there's an 18-month-old on there, mm. um, I see that as my issue. It's definitely not... Two other children that have just gone in the bouncy castle because they just want to bounce around and have fun. So that's how I'd handle it that side. If Bear was on it and he's jumping around with them, it's all the same age, and they're getting more and more boisterous. it's what Bear does, and then he gets upset. Michelle's so much better than this than me. If if um, so this is what I'm really really learning from her, even from Bear. Um, I used to go for the distraction technique. Um, so, if Bear's getting really upset, I'd grab him out and run around, pull some faces, blah, blah, blah. Whereas uh, Michelle will chat to him a lot more, which is what I do now. Understand the feelings. Did he get hurt? Where does it hurt? What do you want to do? Do you want to go back on? Do you want to have some fun again? Um, and he'd, he'd always go back on and have some more fun again and then repeat. If it gets too much, then I'd ask him if he wants to just go and take himself away from it. If there were kids, so I would definitely not speak to the kids because they're all just bouncing around having fun. If you got some kids on there that were um, pushing and shoving and taking it a little bit far, so verging on bullying, um, Bear's now confident enough that in that situation, he'll often ask them to stop um, mm. because what they're doing is not nice. If at that point they continue to do it, um, it could go one or two ways. Bear has been known to push back a little bit. Uh, not very often he'd probably get upset more than anything he has a lot of empathy just like Michelle um, so he'd break down and be upset at that point so at that point I was collecting him I'd then just have a word with the keeper to say but it's not very nice you're just upset with my boy if you just don't want it. next time kids come on there probably not push them around just enjoy your jumping around but just try and address it in that way it's not for me to try and um, um Help them grow up, I guess, and help them understand what they're doing. That one little snippet is really not going to change a great deal, but Bear knows what to do in certain situations. And again, that, that's a that's a that's a learning one. He's gaining more and more confidence in that setting. He's uh, from the homeschooling, he has friends of lots of different ages. He's not confined to a set group of kids, and he's not going to school for the next. Uh, five or six years with the same group of friends so we're quite fortunate If there was a group of people that we didn't like or bear didn't like we can take them out of that and we can go and join another group so you don't have to worry about that situation so much but with the things like boxing with the things like karate is learned self-control and some discipline and he used to be very um i'm not a shouter. <laughs> I, I rarely raise my voice michelle um, she knows how to use her voice very effectively um and Bear's now beginning to learn to use his voice a bit more. Because all the time you're literally taking it. So he can shout and say stop. Doesn't always stop. But um that's how we can do it. Certainly, uh yeah, I know what it's like. I saw your video you put on, on I think it was yesterday, was it, when you were getting angry? Um
0: Yeah, that wasn't People different disper- I think get more
1: disappointed in certain situations, but it's just um the reason they're being like that's for I don't know if it's attention, you you don't know the reasons really, but uh He's found his voice. He's using it a lot more. He knows how to take himself away from situations. Sometimes the whole thing gets overwhelming, and then it's about comforting, helping him to understand the emotions, and not sweeping it aside. Really, literally, just chatting to him, really understanding it. Historically, and if it wasn't for Michelle, I'd have definitely just—I'd have been the old school classic. Come on, you've got a manner. <laughs> Nothing to cry about here. So. There's plenty to cry about. I've just been pushed around in a bouncy castle and it won't you really get back on my feet. What are you talking about? It's that kind of thing. Mm. So, yeah, definitely. That's the route I'd go down with that now. Easier said than done, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I know what you're getting at. Um, but that's, yeah, very powerful, very good for us fathers to realize because for some reason we still want to be so manly, you know, <laughs> get hurt, fuck up, come on, you. What are you talking about? You're sure, think, five, um, six. Let's go, man! You gotta man up and handle this like a man. But dude, he's five. That's, that's you, hear it, you hear
1: it all the time when Bear was doing his running race. It was uh, you could hear, "What are you doing? Slowing down?" And Bear's just running around, high-fiving. He's enjoying it every minute. Other kids are like getting to the finish line, feeling emotionally beaten up. Um, meeting Jiggy was one of the best things. I mean, that whole vulnerability is dope movement. That's what it's all about. So, it really is just um, letting your guard down. Just exploring the emotions you're feeling at that time.
0: Exactly, you're absolutely. Well, that, I definitely explored my emotions um, <laughs> since you just mentioned about the video. The video, of course, is a little bit different. Uh, what had happened was last Thursday in the morning, my son was playing rough with one of his classmates They were rolling on the floor, and uh, all of a sudden, the father was um, on the school property and he was yelling like absolute maniac to my kid and i didn't understood at that moment what he had said i didn't find it out until later when i spoke to the mom uh, but apparently he had said that um, if my son would do that again he would hit him um so it was a good thing i didn't hear it uh, but i did hear him screaming and my son was just standing all of a sudden just still um i was very happy it didn't as far as I could see, touch him very emotionally. Like, like he was shocked at, like, what the heck happened. But he didn't cry, which, which sometimes happens. So, that made me uh, happy, um, I think. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I'm still trying to analyze, you know, how to deal with this for him. Um, so, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I applied the technique we learned from BG, you know, the debriefing for in, for a stop, and out, and for holding again, um, and let it go. Um, But yeah, that was an interesting situation that uh, um, we're still working on. Let's see where it goes. Uh, It ended up going to the to the teacher. So let's see what uh, she said. She was going to talk to him. Let's see what's going on. In the end, it's also what you say. You have to look at the emotions, what's going on. But it's not in that case, you know, our emotions or the emotions of our son. It's also the emotion of the other person. You know, and um, it's not easy uh, being a single father. having no job uh, where we're in a position that he's in. So sometimes it's a little empathy and I know it's not right what he did, but yeah.
1: Yeah, there could have been a million and one reasons why he was doing that. You never know what's going on in people's lives, But equally, it can make you pretty angry. i definitely have a chat with him at some point if you can. But
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about that.
1: Accepting. Next. At that time, it wouldn't have been right, but that's
0: yeah, exactly. just not,
1: there's a point where um, that behavior is just not acceptable, is it?
0: No, no, absolutely. So me, um, he has his son uh, one week and the other son, his his ex-wife. So I got to wait a week, which is good. Then we're all relaxed. And then uh, the week after that, I'm going to shake his hand and uh, have a little talk to see how it goes. Cool. Uh, hopefully well. <laughs> so you talked a lot about homeschooling and you also mentioned that, um, you know, people around you in your environment, they, they, they think you guys are crazy for doing this and they don't understand how and why, etc. Um, as you know, um, I've, I've asked this a couple of times already in America, it's more common. Actually, I have the feeling it's becoming more and more common. Uh, but in the UK and especially in Europe and especially especially in Spain, I've never heard of anybody homeschooling their kids in Spain. I'm not even sure if it's legally allowed. But that's beside the point, man. I'm really interested in it because... What you guys are doing, and what, what Niji was doing with his kids, and, and what other uh, people are doing homeschooling their kids, it's so interesting. Can you explain a little bit about how that came about? What, what was your reasoning about it? And what's your, your vision, your goal with homeschooling uh, your kids?
1: It came about really from Michelle, and I was a uh, typical, um, well, I hadn't actually given anything. Any other consideration? It was always going to be my kids. were going to go to the local like primary school. Then we're going to go on. Then we're going to go to secondary school, and that was going to be it. Michelle and started exploring the idea with me, and um, probably like most people, the first thing that comes. It, I loved school. <laughs> I Literally loved every minute of it. Predominantly because I loved seeing my mates, and I loved sport. That was pretty much it in a nutshell. And I got to do all these sports, and um, I got to do it all the time, and I got to see my mates throughout the day. Um, that was the main driver. Um, academically, I was quite fortunate; things came quite easy to me and stuff like that. So, I never really, was, I was, I was never really I didn't. It was never. I never woke up in the morning going, "Oh, I've got school today." I never had a day off school unless I was very, very, very ill, um, like chicken pox or something like that. I, I I'd never got there playing truant. I never wanted to play truant. I just loved going to school. So. I had that mentality so when Michelle started talking to me I was like yeah socially what are we going to do though because I had a vision that our homeschooling was going to be Michelle at home with there all day trying to raise so I couldn't get my head around it she's like no there's always groups that you can go to etc cetera, etc cetera. and if you actually rewind about um, where high schools came into this and when people used to go to to work from 12 and 13, they used to start working at that point. And um, high schools were introduced at the Great Depression, at the height of that, when there were no jobs for anyone. So it was a big thing. It's like, oh, I know, this could create a high school, and that will take a load of the population off, and then we don't have to worry about finding jobs for them. We can put them in a in a certain system, and then we'll go from there. And if you um, if you go down this whole route, um, and again, it's all the beliefs. This is my belief. You you go to school, you're there on a the start of time. The bell goes, you come in, you, you're in your lesson, the bell goes, it's break time, the bell goes, you're back in the lesson, the bell goes, it's lunchtime, so on, so on throughout the day. Then when you when you during the industrial age you're going up into um into work for the first time. So you leave school, the first thing you do is go down the factory, the bell rings, guess what? You go to school, <laughs> you go into work, you work until the bell rings, then it's break time, then the bell rings and you're back at work and then it's lunchtime, etc. So it's really um like not institutionalising, but it's definitely forming those habits that they want you to have throughout throughout life. Um, the other thing that I think um, schools encourage quite a lot, they don't encourage you to really um, finish a great deal of stuff. So you'll be in a lesson, you'll be learning maths, you'll be learning English, and then um, you'll be halfway through the lesson and then the bell rings and you've got to close up all your books, put them in your bag and you've never really finished anything. Yeah, sure, you get some homework and you go on. Guess sad that gets used to doing a bit of overtime as well by doing the homework after school. So there's all that. Um, coupled with the fact that um, classroom sizes were getting bigger as being part of Europe. There were a lot of people over from Europe, no problem with that at all. But classroom sizes just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And for me, if you're teaching someone something, there's only one way you can teach. So I get what I you have to teach to a classroom size of 30. So you have to get. People sat down, you have to talk to them in certain ways because you have to install a bit, lot of discipline. Um, and then when you're at school, you've got the curriculum, you're spending a load of time on um, history, you're spending a load of time on geography. Sure, if you've got passion about it, let's spend a load of time learning about all these subjects. But actually, there's some core subjects you probably need to learn more of. And definitely, I think the physical things there, there as well with that. But there's something more powerful about if you start, um, if you're. If you've got a passion about something and you can learn about maths and history and you can still learn I mean the big, the powerful thing about school is you learn how to learn, aren't you? So you're reading books and you're looking on the internet, and you're taught how to do that. Bear can do that now. He, he can learn he can learn maths in a fun way. He can learn how to read in, in in a fun way. He can interpret books in his way. He's so creative, he can create his own stories um he's doing his youtube videos what they don't teach at school is they don't teach you they don't teach you how to budget which is why i'm terrible at budgeting um, and looking after my money so i want to teach better that i've got to teach myself first so budgeting all that sort of stuff time keeping um you're not taught to time keep you just talk to be somewhere at a certain time not actually manage your own time and do stuff so um there there is not one specific reason why we wanted to do it there was a load of different reasons um, michelle was definitely the instigator and I think the proof's there so far. I mean, going back to what I said at the beginning, if they're to suddenly say, I want to be a doctor, then we're going to have to look at getting him into school. If he wants to go to school, he can go to school. It's not like we're against school. I think they're amazing in so many ways, but, um, especially when you're going to teach so many people. But there's so many careers now that... Um, you don't need um, the grades to actually see I mean ultimately here's the thing so you could in the UK you do your GCSE which gets you age of 16 um, what those grades allow you to do is then do your A levels at the college of your choice then you're 18 and what your A level results do is actually allow you to go to the university that you want to do then you rack up a load of debt then you go to to work where actually even if you've graduated now you're not guaranteed a job um, you've got a load of debt. And even, I mean, I'm not a graduate, I'm um, a commercial director at a manufacturing, responsible for 120 people at our business. That hasn't been from this big education thing, that's been from being hardworking, driven, passionate, just wanting to achieve something. And that, I'm not driven by money or anything like that, I'm just driven by admiration or results in other ways, just achieving stuff. So, there are a load of reasons why we, we. chose to go down the home education route. I mean, there was a time when going right back, you'd be born into money, because it was all to do with land. Um, Then it was the rich would get richer and the poor would get poorer. Then it became, a little bit further on, it was the rich can be rich, but also the poor can get there eventually, if they work it really hard and they do something different. Now we're at an age where a 16 year old become a millionaire within a week they land something on social media and just create it so for me there's a a whole world of education out there which doesn't revolve around schools I uh, I was all over the place but hopefully you get the gist of it
0: yeah absolutely well the last thing of course is the most important thing I mean you can go to school all you want but then there's people that like well you say well you, you mentioned 16 but there's also 12 year olds uh 14 year olds that just do something and and make tons of money because they've learned something more valuable what they don't teach in school there's so many things that in life are so valuable they just don't teach in school we just mentioned money wealth that really that's like one of the most important things they actually said like most marriages fall apart because of the fact that none of them they're fighting continuously about money and in school they don't teach that it's like really why yeah so, actually um, the
1: whole the whole thing about people being ashamed of having too much money and people going, Oh, don't want to have too much. It's like, actually, it's money that gives you freedom to do anything. So that's what, that's how people like Sean can do the traveling so much, etc. Money just gives you freedom. Money can give you experiences. So money is really important. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. Unashamedly, I want to have loads of money. And, and the thing at the moment, I'm doing a lot of things and the work that I'm doing now, I've achieved what I've achieved, which is great you got the six-figure salary and you got all this but um, what could I have achieved if I had ended up following I stumbled into this when I was about into this industry health and beauty so I sell moisturizer and shampoo (laughs) in a heartbeat I work in the manufacturers a bit more than that but essentially I'm in that industry which clearly I'm not cut out for love it but if it was in something that I was loving and passionate about and gave the same amount of energy and there was that there go ahead Waking up every day, I mean, I never worry about going to work. I love going to work. But imagine if it was something like you were seriously passionate about, like you're doing now. You're amazing. So,
0: anyway, venting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's great. That's why I'm not saying anything. I just let you vent. It's, it's absolutely perfect. And I keep mentioning it as well. They've done a study in the US and they were saying that 75% of the people that are working in a job are not happy with the job that they're having which is absolutely insane, but at the same time, that's what they're teaching you at school. <laughs> you go to school, and then when you're done at school, you get a job, period. And if you what? work
1: really hard for 40 years, you'll be able to enjoy your life for about five or 10 when you're actually no longer physically active to enjoy it, so bonkers. Exactly, that's why Fearless Fathers. as you keep doing the same thing and getting the same results, that's like the definition of insanity, isn't it? So.
0: Absolutely, put. <laughs> kind of that, yeah. plus the fact you know, you're an entrepreneur, you get to spend your time as you see fit, which means, and that's why for me, a fearless father must be an entrepreneur. It's because how can you be a fearless father or a father in general if you're at your job the whole time?
1: And then, right. so here's the thing I want to have more time, so I don't because we've um we've separated, I don't have to have every other weekend with my kids i don't have to worry about that i can see them every single night if i'm home and every weekend and the luxury of that is because um i've been working and the money that i've been earning michelle doesn't have to work and because michelle's at work and she gets to spend all that time with the kids and even then we've got the money that they can have all these experiences we've had these holidays we've um, they do all these activities that i described they're all free you've got I pay for them, and they love doing them. So you've got all that side, but you, I, mean, you know, I don't want to be uh, confined to Monday to Friday for the rest of my life. That will give us some point. But right now, I love my job. It's doing what we're doing. It's allowing me to, to study and focus on all the other stuff that I want to do. And uh, Just... Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I you know of course in the end sometimes you have to do what you have to do to to get the, to the visions that we wanna that we wanna reach. Yeah. Um you know talking about something else because I want to s- slip a little bit to to what I find very impressive of what you're doing as well is uh you're doing triathlon and then you mentioned to me also you're doing Ironman's, which both of them are absolutely insane. You share How much you are training every single day, and people, I am not talking just a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes there. We're talking about hours of just focused training, planning it, everything. So, first of all, can you explain to the people that maybe don't know it what what is triathlon, what is Ironman, and then also a little bit, okay, what kind of dedication, discipline, consistency gets into that? How do you plan all that, etc., etc.
1: So this is when um I'm just gonna be launching a little program it's called um uh, Make Time or Make Excuses and that's really important to me. So you'll see why and when I describe what I do um to colleagues, to friends, to um to customers that I go out and see, they they genuinely believe that I don't have the same twenty-four hours as everyone else. It seems a little bit complicated. So um what so triathlon is um a single a single event in the Consecutively and it's you do a swim you get out of the water you get on your bike and then you do a run Um, The Ironman just takes that up another notch So you've got varying distances up to it, but the Ironman I like doing is a 2.4 mile swim um, 112 mile bike ride and then a 26.2 mile run so a marathon at the end of it So I think it's about a 3.8 kilometer swim Uh, 180 kilometre bike ride and then a 40 kilometre run back to back uh, and you do that so um, if you're going to do that then obviously there's got to be a lot of training with it so I train between 15 to 18 hours each week Um, then you put that on top of the amount of time that I spend doing with my boys and you put that on on top of the work that I do so work, work a 40 hour week um, and on top of that, I'm reading a book every two or three weeks. I listen to podcasts, um, I watch um, series on TV and things like that so I can um, identify my customers and actually because I enjoy them. So literally, I'll just give you a real rough line of my week. So I wake up at five o'clock every morning and then I do some meditating, box breathing, visualising in the morning, um, a bit more reading. That takes me through to about quarter six. A quarter to six, I've got my green smoothie. Get in my car and I drive to the pool, which is an hour away. During that hour, I tend to listen to a podcast or an audiobook. Get to the swimming pool. And get in the water, a quarter to seven. Um, swim till 8, 8.15. So an hour and a half a day almost swimming. Get out, have a breakfast, drive to work, start work at nine. Work nine to five. Um, leave work, get home, see the boys at six. This is a typical day. Um my boys 6 till 8.30, 8 o'clock, um, so I've gone, and played with them, we've gone down the park, they've been playing around the house, um, they've normally eaten by that point, so that's quite cool, so I don't have to worry about doing that with love some snacks, drop them off, they both go to sleep, get back home, then I'll do either uh, an hour, hour and a half, two hours tops, hour and a half normally on the bike or the treadmill, uh, which is just over here, Um, Or I can go outside when the kids are not here. And then basically, Monday to Friday, repeat. So you're up to two to three hours every single day for five days. Come the weekend, I then do um, a long ride or a long bike in the morning. Again, I can do that and that. So when I'm on the treadmill in my house, I can literally squeeze a four or five hour bike in in my house if I get up at five o'clock on Saturday morning. And that could get us through till 9, 10 o'clock when Bear would... He doesn't have to go to bed at a certain time on a weekend because we don't have school or anything like that. So he can stand up late with me if he wants to. Um, then he can have a sleep in. But either way, then he wake up. Then we'll go to... Cross, he'll do CrossFit and we spend all day doing their stuff. Then of an evening, I can bring the kids back here. I can then go through my run on the treadmill if I haven't done that in the morning. And then Sunday do exactly the same again. Wow. Well, that's basically it. So the, during that time, if I travel down to London for work on the train, I tend to do work on the way down there from on the tube. I'll be reading a book on the way back. I read before I go to bed every evening. I'll be reading a book. Um, and then on a Sunday, I take the boys back. I think I said at the beginning of the uh, video at about four ish in the afternoon, so I can do stuff like this. And then I'll just sit down, and that's when I'll literally plan the week ahead with the work I need to be doing, with the other activities I need to be doing. Videos, doing my own creation for that. So got some big goals. I've just been promoted in my day job, actually. So um, that'll be cool. That'll be exciting shortly. But uh, yeah, so lots going on. But that's how I squeeze it all in. Nice eat all day. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> the whole day you said. So every day is uh, uh, eating throughout every single moment you got, right?
1: Yeah, I'm really fortunate. Actually, most of my meetings revolve around hotels, restaurants, or cafes. So Every time I meet with someone, I can actually eat, which is nice, Um, and I'm just getting much more, I tend to um, go to the shops and just buy food, which is a bit more frustrating, so just getting into some batch cooking ideas and trying to do that on Sunday afternoon is the key, but that's what I do, it's pretty maxed out, so 40 hours a week work, 15, 18 hours a week training, and then time with the boys, and then down to my reading. The good thing is, because I've got the bike and the treadmill set up in here, I can, uh, if it's an hour or a really intense hour or two-hour session, I'll really focus on what I'm doing. If it tends to be longer and you just put some miles in your legs and stuff like that, I tend to put a movie on, a couple of movies, and mm-hmm. a couple of series on Netflix and things like that. Okay, you switch off time, don't you? Otherwise, it's just like reading, reading, podcasts, and sometimes you just want to zone out and do nothing. I love the movies. Actually, I might go to the movie tonight on my own. <laughs> I love going to the cinema on my own.
0: Nice. Yeah, we we love movies at our house as well. What what I take from what you just explained, and then we both follow pretty much a similar schedule of, uh, you know, how to plan our week and, and every day, etc, etc. And our morning routines. And um, so um, I'm used to this. I hope people are listening. It's so important. But yeah, people always ask you know hey how is it possible that you do so much like where did you get the time from it's like well you know you plan and then you also realize what not to do and um, like in the end you you really got your time and that's what i why i really enjoy hearing is like you got every single moment of the day dedicated to something that's important to you that you're passionate about instead of just for example like like a lot of people do it's just you know, lost in Facebook or other social media. Oh, no, well, here's a big
1: So I was describing this to someone the other day, and um, they said, well, I get up at six o'clock every morning. I said, well, what do you do then? Well, I don't get out of bed. He's like, what are you talking about? So they get up at six, wake up, and they get out of bed about seven. So I was like, well, what are you doing for the hour? And it, it's clearly, then they just said, oh, I might snooze a bit, or I uh, go on Facebook, Instagram. I mean, I'm an Instagram junkie. That's where all my stuff's shared. So I can, I, I find the time to do that as well. But that's because I like sharing stuff. And also, it's a record of what you've been doing yourself. I mean, I do try and plan a lot. Um, it's, not my, it's not my strong point. So that's why I'm really structured in It's just creating a habit for me because I'm not very good at sitting down and really planning out stuff. I know Neil was teaching it. But for me, it's all about if I plan it for a, a small amount of time and just get into a routine. I become obsessive because it's a habit. No, that works for me. It's why I can't coach myself from sport. I have to have I pay someone to do my planning for my coaching. Mm. He he literally tells me what I'm doing for the next two or three weeks because that bit I couldn't do. I wouldn't be structured.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, but that also means that you are very strong at looking at yourself and realizing, okay, these are my strong points. These are my weak points. And then you look for how can I find things that can help me out? My, my weak points to, to become strong points as well. In this case, getting like either a mentor or a coach that helps you with the training. That
1: that's everyone it. should have a coach. Everyone should have a coach. Yeah. I can't recommend me high enough.
0: I see you as well. So, Yeah. We, uh, we share our uh, our love, so to say, for Niji Sobo and recommend him. I'm not you. Um, if if not anything, at least listen to the it podcast. It's, it's very inspiring. I'm enjoying him and listening to him as much as I can. Talking about Niji and also talking about books, right? Uh, you also mentioned you weren't that much of a reader. Um, honestly, I wasn't either. My parents tried pretty much my whole youth. <laughs> I mean, they have... Our house looked like a library, and what I touched were my father's uh, comic books. <laughs> I didn't touch any other books, so my parents were very dis- disappoint- well disappointed. Uh, now they're very happy because I'm reading tons of books, and I'm actually giving them books now to say, "Hey, this book I read, freaking awesome! You should check it out." Um, I'm just wondering, man. Maybe you could share like your three top books or the last three books that you read that you found really valuable with all fathers out there, so they can. See what they're going to read next.
1: Well, the first, um, Michelle was telling me to read and read and read, so uh, just ignored that. I never listened to talk, couldn't be bothered reading, really couldn't be asked with it. To be quite frank, was like no interest in doing this at all, I'd rather watch something on Netflix. But um, the first book that I got in that got me into reading was reading, I was listening to Mark Divine, the Navy SEAL, and I read Unbeatable Minds, that was the one that really got the ball rolling on that side. Um, this is the one currently reading how bad do you want it
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is phenomenal it's about mastering the psychology of mind over muscle but it's so much more that it can just help you out in life and uh, probably one of the uh oh man there's so many <laughs> uh, Meditations, actually, I put up there with one of my all time favorite books. So it's like the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius. I tap into that one all the time. Just love reading that one. And Things Like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Love those ones. In fact, The Science of Getting Rich by um, Wallace D. Wattles is probably the one that I've read the most that I've got cause it's quite a small one. So probably that one I recommend to everyone meditations because everyone should want to achieve like the status of Maximus Aurelius and how he talks about him it's phenomenal um, and then yeah how bad do you want it I can't that's amazing for anyone who's an athlete and who believes in mindset you can achieve anything is incredible equally this one by Matt Belair is amazing the zen athlete so just got books everywhere at the moment but um they're probably my highest recommendation. The 50th Law, which you read as well, which is amazing, which i probably gifted to two or three people already.
0: Nice. Yeah. nice. See, that's what we like. You ask for three, you get seven or eight. <laughs> then, okay, I, I couldn't keep Railed up. off all the ones on the shelf. Yeah, that's brilliant, man. I love it. Um, we both started to go from not reading at all to really love reading and finding all the value out of it. I can't repeat it enough to all the fathers out there reading is the cheapest way of just leveling up every single time you finish a book. It's that's it.
1: Well, everyone, everyone at my work now, they've been seeing the change in me over the past 12, 18 months. And now they want a library going on at work. because I keep recommending books to people. So our meetings are just getting more and more productive. It's crazy. I, I say they're getting more and more productive. More and more people start coming out with quotes <laughs> in the meetings. So, um, that's quite amusing, but it's just good to see that people are reading. But it's funny you see people changing.
0: Exactly, that's awesome. I love to hear then that you also have that kind of impact that your work office with the steps that you're taking. That that's amazing. Um, listen, we got to the uh, to the end of uh, of our interview. I can't thank you enough, Dan. It's been absolutely- oh, Thanks for having
1: me. I really appreciate
0: it. And uh, I hope uh, people um, will pick up as much as I have picked up uh, in this hour and hour plus. We went over, I apologize. I know you were, uh, your time is very valuable. Um, you know, there's always um, a lot of people that still have some questions and things like that. How can people get in touch with you? Um, how can people follow you? Like you mentioned, Instagram, for example.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm wrong. I'm not a massive social media fan other than Instagram. So, probably the way of getting me is at triathlete life is my main one that I'm using. Uh, and I'm just creating a new one at the moment, which is make time or make excuses.
0: So, you can check out both of those. Excellent. Great. So, again, thank you very much for joining. I really appreciate it. I wish everybody a fantastic Sunday and we will see each other pretty soon. See you later, buddy. Thanks very much. See you, All good, right. man. Take All care, right. everybody. Are you still meeting up with your friends now that you're a father? Kids making you stress out. You got no time for yourself to work out, or relax. Can you still remember the time you were hanging out with your friends, feeling energetic, happy, and confident, spending time together and talking about your life and your crazy dreams? You're feeling alone now, don't you? No one to share your challenges with and you're just running around from one storm into the next. Well, it's time to change this now. Join me and the Brotherhood of Fearless Fathers to speak on a weekly basis with like-minded dads to crush your challenges, face your fears with determination, be held accountable and regain control of your life. If you want to become the hero your family needs you to be, then go to becomeafearlessfather.com/brotherhood. Looking forward to seeing you on one of our next goals.